Hello, my friends again, and thank you for joining us today on The Daily Dig, where each day we dig into God's Word, searching for truth that will encourage us to deepen our faith. We are living in trying times, and we must strive each day to draw our strength from God's Word. Come along with Jacob Smith as we dig into God's Word together. And welcome to another episode of The Daily Dig. I'm so glad that you've joined us. We are looking into a brand new passage. We did reveal uh, just last time we were together about how John the Baptist was now kind of fading off the scene, and he was pointing to Jesus Christ. He baptized Jesus, and then the Holy Ghost descended upon him, and really this was the start of Jesus's ministry. But at this time, Luke goes and he, he makes sure that we understand who he is. Now, this passage may seem slightly confusing because you have uh, so-and-so, which was the son of so-and-so, and and while we have quite a lengthy passage, we won't get to every single one of them. One of the things that I wanted to point out is is that we need to take the time and study this. We need to take the time to, uh, after we spend some time together and you go through and you really read it yourself and and get some, some time alone with God and allow God to speak through this. As we are looking into Luke chapter 3, verse 23, it says, In Jesus himself to be about began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed, the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. There is 76 names listed in this, this long list of lineage. It starts off with the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. And really, if you were to do any, any reading, you would understand that Joseph uh, Jesus's legal father or stepfather was not a descendant of Heli. And so there would be a little confusion. But lineage matters. And while we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this really reveals to us the purpose in what's going on here. Matthew would take plenty of time to reach a Jewish audience. You will read the book of Matthew and you'll see that in his gospel account, he loves using the word fulfilled really speaking to Jews, and while he does something uh, quite un-Jewish in his uh, list of lineage for Jesus in mentioning some ladies, you will see that his audience is primarily Jewish. Mark, he was primarily focused on the Romans, and, and he was trying to reach those in Rome. Luke, Luke was, you know, many people believe he was a Gentile, trying to reach Gentiles and writing uh, with a very Gentile outlook that Jesus Christ was the Son of Man, that he was a, a, a man in the flesh. Then we see that John John takes his own view. He, he, some people call him the atopic gospel, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels, meaning that Matthew, Mark, and Luke see things in many ways the same, but John sees it differently in the sense that he's trying to show that Jesus Christ, he's trying to show his deity, and he's trying to speak to the church and show that he was the Son of God. And so there is little uh, nuances when you're coming talking about the Gospels, because in Luke chapter number three, it really is revealed in this lineage that this is not speaking of Joseph's lineage. This is actually speaking of Mary's lineage. And while it was uncommon of the day to use a lady in the line of lineage, you clearly see, if you just do a little reading, that Healy was a descendant of Mary. And you go down through, and you, you see in this particular passage, it starts with Jesus, 
and goes all the way back to Adam. Now, it's really significant that we see this lineage because did Jesus have a right to the throne? Was he legally right to be able to sit on the throne? Well, one person said it this way, that the Gospels prove Jesus' legal right as well as physical right to sit as the Messiah on David's throne and to fulfill the covenant made to Abraham. Now, I, I love going through the details, and unfortunately, we don't have the time to get in every little detail. But what I will say is, as we're looking at this, take some time and look at it yourself and really begin to study it and see some of the nuances here. One of the things that we'll see here is that it's important if you were to look in verse number 31 that Luke chooses to go through the line of Nathan, the son of David. And this was important because if you were to take some time and and go to the book of Jeremiah and you were really to study that, you would see in Jeremiah that there was a curse from God that said that no one could follow on the throne that comes through the line of Jeconiah. And so if you were to look through and and just do some research on the curse of Jeconiah, you'll see how this was of the manifold wisdom of God that Jesus Christ came the way he came. Now we're looking at this and we want to look at it in somewhat of a practical sense so that we can gain something from it. This was a really a revealing from verse number 23 all the way down to verse number 38. We see a revealing of God's faithfulness. God made a promise to Abraham that he would have the land, the seed, and the blessing, Genesis chapter 12, and that he would be a blessing to all generations. And God was faithful in in keeping his end of the bargain in sending Jesus Christ, and that was through the line of Abraham. We also see that the, the promise to David, David was the king. Most of us are aware of that. But I just want to kind of reveal this. God made a promise that he would have an everlasting kingdom in the Davidic covenant. And yet God fulfilled it and remained faithful by sending Jesus Christ in retaining that everlasting kingdom. As we are looking into the lineage, one of the things that we can see is that the, the, the faithfulness of God is through all generations. And you may get discouraged where you are in your life, but one of the things that God has dealt with me on is that in many ways, when I got saved, you know, I was raised in a home that, you know, drugs and alcohol were present. My parents, they, they loved me and they had their own issues that they were dealing with. But when I got saved, I was living in a different state away from all of my family. And I got to uh, have the blessing from God to be able to set the, the trajectory of my family to worship the Lord. And so while we're looking over this, the verses number 23, all the way down to 38, and we see these names and these names and these names, while we see God's faithfulness in in keeping his promises, we see these people, while we may overlook their name, and really some of these people in this list, this is the only place they're mentioned, and yet their faithfulness to God mattered. And so while you may feel insignificant, could I remind you, my friend, that There is no insignificant people in the eyes of God. This is a testimony of God's faithfulness. You want to change the trajectory of your family. You want a goodly heritage and a godly heritage. It can start with you. And you must step out in faith and follow the Lord 
and really begin to see what God has for your family and raise your family for the Lord. Now, we also see in the line of David here, as we are looking at this, we see that there is a very important thing that we must see. How does Jesus have the right to the throne through the line of David? Well, it could not be through the line of Jeconiah. If you are looking into any uh, books and you want to find about find out about the curse of Jeconiah, one of the ways that you would do that is to go into Jeremiah chapter number 30. Jeremiah 30 would, would give you the information to be able to see that God cursed Jeconiah. And he said that no one would come on the throne behind him. And so how would Jesus have the right to the throne? Well, he couldn't come through the lineage of Jeconiah. He had to come through the line of David, but how? Well, you'll see it very importantly listed in in Luke chapter number 3, verse 31. It was through the son of Nathan. Nathan was the son of David. David was the son of Jesse. So if you want to get into the nitty-gritty and you want to do a little research, look up the curse of Jeconiah. That's a study for another day. But God declared that no one could hold the throne through his line because of his own actions. And so there are uh, important details there. We also see something really important here. There is a greater connection to mankind. Looking at, at Christ, he came by way of a virgin. We discussed that previously. We also were able to see that, that Jesus was fully man. And that's why, that's why Luke goes all the way down, down to verse number 38, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. I don't want this to feel overly academic, but I do want you to understand that this is important. Jesus Christ had to become man to be able to pay the sin debt that man had. So without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so we, we know that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But we also know later on in John chapter number 1, verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh, speaking of Jesus. He became flesh and dwelt among us. And so while uh, death passed upon all men because of Adam's sin, Jesus Christ became man so that he could pay that sin debt. And so Jesus takes upon him the perfect occasion to be able to take upon Adam's, uh, Adam's sinless race put upon that cross, shed his blood, be put into the grave, and three days later, rise again, defeating it. And 1 Corinthians 15 says this, it says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So Christ, the Son of God, became a son of Adam or came to become man so that we could become the sons of God. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. I love this quote by R. Kent Hughes. It says, Jesus exercises his perfect eternal sonship as he takes on Adam's flawed sonship, and therefore he redeemed it. I hope this could be a blessing to you. I know there's a lot of details that we, we have overlooked because we could have gone into Noah and Lamech and all of these other things, Ad, uh, sorry, Abraham, we could have done a lot of things here, but I want to make it really practical. And there are some studies that you could do outside of here concerning Jeconiah and concerning the lineage of going through the line of Nathan. 
But really, I want you to be thankful. We serve a faithful God who has remained faithful, who made his promises to Abraham and David and fulfilled all the way back to Genesis 3.15 in Jesus Christ, this seed coming down by way of a virgin, making a way where there was no way. If he didn't become man and he didn't have right to the throne, he would not be the Christ. He would not be the Messiah. And this is an important detail. And boy, am I thankful. We serve a faithful God. May you have a wonderful day. God bless. And we look forward to the next time on The Daily Dig. I hope you were encouraged by the Word of God today and challenged to dig deeper on your walk with the Lord. It is my prayer that you find strength each day digging deeper into God's Word. If you're looking for more resources, you can find them on thedailydig.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to the next time on The Daily Dig.